What's up, everybody, and welcome to Have to Cast Unscripted. You're joined by your boys, the Slick Boys, Brett Roberts and Josh Tull, here in, for another episode. Here in Josh San Jose, Tull. California. Why San Jose? I don't know. Okay. That's it. That's the first city that came to my mind. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> All right. Well, I got got California on my mind, dude. We're going to be in California in a, in a, a month, literally one month from today. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Going to be good. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for that. So that's it. Today's a very big day, and I hope you don't mind me jumping right into. Today's uh, a big day. Why is today a big day? Yeah, today's a big day. Today's um, today's lazy Sunday, dude. So it's a Sunday. It's actually it's August twenty first. Yeah, we record on Sundays usually. Sunday is this. Yeah. So it's a Sunday. It's it's August twenty first. Big day actually in the world of entertainment, especially for okay. for you and I. Oh, why is this? Is this breaking news to me? Do I not know this? So today's the anniversary of two of our. Well, yeah, I would say two of our favorite <clears throat> franchises in gaming and movies. Oh, okay. What's that? So why don't we talk about one first and then we'll move on to the second one after. Uh, so okay. would you rather the movie or the game? Uh, let's do the movie first. Okay, Josh, today is actually the 13 year anniversary of the film Inglorious Bastards. Wow. Released in theaters August 21st, 13 years ago. That is a phenomenal film. It's a great film. It is. It still has, in my opinion, the best opening 20 minutes to any movie that's ever been made, in my opinion. Yeah. And I you and agree I, with you. You and I have talked about this before, but I still, to this day, will go on Netflix every once in a while because it's on Netflix and right. just throw the, just not even, I don't even want to watch the entire movie. Just throw the beginning on and watch it up until the title sequence. Yeah, because Christoph Waltz is a fucking boss, dude. It, dude, it is such a a great scene and it's so well acted it's so well choreographed and blocked and it's really good dude i would say that that whole opening scene is better than the rest of the whole film it's it kind of i actually i actually i agree with you it's one of tarantino's movies that i feel like overstay it's welcome yeah almost it gets i understand it but it gets a little long in the tooth with uh, especially some of the like the Shoshana parts with Christoph Waltz as the movie goes, like it tries to set up like this dynamic, like that is set up basically in the first 20 minutes of the movie, but it tries to, it like goes away with other characters for a while and then comes back and almost like sets up that same dynamic, like two or three times in a row. Right. Whereas like it kind of treads water on the same thing. Like, like we get it. Like Christoph Waltz is like clued into who she is. Like he's not an idiot. And also we get that she's shitting her pants. Like, right. and I feel like it does that several times. Yeah, I feel like the, he spends a lot of time on character development and getting to know all the characters. I think it's mm -hmm. almost too, uh, an instance where it's too much uh, yeah. development. I, I think we kind of, we get the point, you know? No, With, I, absolutely. Especially the, the Inglorious Bastards themselves. Like, I don't know. I just right. feel like a lot of those, those scenes are kind of drawn out, but we're, we're shitting on this movie, but the movie is fantastic. Oh, I, yeah, and, I mean, listen, it's still an incredible film, no doubt. Yeah. But, and uh, Tarantino knows how to make them. Yeah, but to your point, the opening the opening 20 minutes um, is probably better than the rest of the film, except for maybe the whole um, part in the theater where they burn all the Nazis alive. Yeah. That is yeah. – that in a, they're just a huge, massive shootout. That is that is also – that's a scene that fucks, if I might say yeah. so myself. I would agree with you there. Uh, Sorry, I remember watching that movie for the first time. One. I watched that for the first time with you, actually. Did we see that in theater? I know we saw it, so I vividly, for some reason, remember seeing Django Unchained in theaters together. Yes, yes. That one we did see in theaters together because I don't. I think we both weren't really sure what to expect. We weren't really big. At least I wasn't a yeah. big film buff back no, then. No, that was, we were fledglings, if you will. Especially, yeah. certainly not Tarantino. I mean, I think, I think Django 
might be, except for Kill Bill, which I wasn't a huge fan of when I was like, I don't know, a child and watched that. Mm. I think Django might have been the first Tarantino movie I saw at a point in my life where I was able to form my own thoughts. <laughs> uh, I'm not ashamed to say it was literally my first Tarantino movie. Yeah. So we're 27 years old, so are you 28? So, yeah, I mean, it's I'm not ashamed to say that. Uh, yeah, Django was my first. We saw it together. We sucked it off. That movie's awesome. Yeah, I think Inglorious Bastards came out before Django. Correct. Yeah. So we watched Django first, then we went back and, and we watched Inglorious Bastards. And that opening scene was just fucking insane. Yeah. Tarantino's so. only released one other movie since Django. Uh, what is it? The night is it the hateful eight. Was it? Called, OK, or? two, two. So hateful eight. And then um, once upon a time, once upon a time. Right. Yeah. I've only seen Hateful Eight once. I got to re- I got to rewatch that. Dude, Hateful Eight slaps. Let me tell you, I loved it when we saw it, and I've watched it several times since. It slaps. It's also put up as a mini series on Netflix right. with some extended yeah. content, and I almost think that's a better way to watch it. That's an interesting concept to take his like really long movies and mm-hmm. just turn it into a yeah. Yeah, I like that. Hateful Eight is really long, but it's just so good, and it's not. Whereas, like, we're talking about Inglorious Bastards being long in the tooth in some places. Hateful Eight is not, even though it's longer than that movie. But there's also a lot more, like, I guess, exploration with individual characters and, like, the scenario like the, that they have to figure out within the right. context of the movie. Um, but, yeah, I think on Netflix is actually kind of cool because it's, it's a little bit longer. Like, there's some extended content, but it's broken up into four or five parts, um, which is how the movie is segmented itself, too. So it, it works really well. Yeah, and even when we saw it in theaters, we saw the the special seventy millimeter right, film version cool. of it, yeah. and it had the whole overture. Yeah, and an intermission. Intermission, yeah, yeah, really cool. Yeah, that movie's good. Samuel L. Jackson slaps that movie. I mean, he's he's he slaps in all every of, movie. Yeah, he's good in all the Tarantino <laughs> movies that he's in. To be fair, yeah, but um, yeah. Right. So, well, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to Inglorious Bastards. Thirteen years old, now a teenager, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the game. Do you have any guesses as to what game is celebrating its 15 year anniversary today? You know, I think I might have seen something on Twitter this morning, but I can't remember what it was for. I forget. It is it is a game that changed the way video games have been made ever since it came out. Uh, it kind of pioneered how narrative games are, are structured nowadays. And that game is Bioshock. Oh, right. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So Bioshock turns 15 today, the original Bioshock. Yeah, so I love Bioshock, but here's the thing. My opinion of Bioshock is so heavily focused, actually more so on Bioshock 2 and Infinite than it is on the original. What do you mean by that? The original came out when we were super young. You know, well, not super young, but at least I, I didn't play the original when it first came out. We couldn't like buy video games ourselves. Right. It, so it came out in a time like a, it caught me, I guess, at a weird spot. Right. So I actually didn't play Bioshock 1 until right before the release of Bioshock 2. And then I played Bioshock 2 when it came out and then Bioshock Infinite when it came out. And then I say more recently, but actually at this point, it was like when I was an undergrad, the collection came out. Yes. And I went to go back. Go back and play one. And I had an issue with saves and having too many saves. And then right. there was... Like, that was an issue of the whole collection. Right. And then I was like, oh, no, fuck it, whatever. I'm not restarting the game. So I only right. got a couple hours in. Um, and then that was it. So I have them. I should revisit Bioshock, the original Bioshock. But I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love it. It's fantastic. And that world is awesome. Um, but... yeah. I think I'm a little jaded as to the sequels rather than the original, which I'm sure now if I played the original, I'll be like, this fucking slaps. Yeah, the original does something that a lot of games back then didn't do, which was, you know, have this huge swerve, this huge twist, um, the would you kindly twist without spoiling it for people that haven't played it. Right. Uh, is just insane. Yeah, the sequel's good. The sequel's really good, actually. It doesn't get enough credit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really good. Yeah. And Infinite, obviously, is not what was shown off originally when the game was first teased, mm-hmm. but it takes the narrative and does something really fucking cool. Probably the, the best, I mean, now it's got years on the first Bioshock, but probably right. the best one in the entire series, I would argue. Um, right. 
I would say the setting in one might be cooler if you're a fan of the original like horror. Sure. Setting, but yeah, I I agree with you. Narratively, it's it's way better sure. than one. And it was, you know, what I think really fondly uh, about Infinite is it was not the first one to do it, but at least in my mind, one of the first video games that I took and realized where I was like, okay environmental storytelling is just as important as actual like narrative because right. if you really take your time and in infinite and you explore everything and i'm not even talking besides the journals and the notes and all that stuff if you just explore that world and you know exactly what i'm talking about the visual storytelling on display in that game is immaculate the environmental right. storytelling how much it does by showing you and not telling you um, because one of the main themes of the game, right, which is, I mean, honestly, you know, not to pull punches, but on racism and divide between right. classes and actual people, it's not really shoved down your throat, quote unquote, as far as a narrative perspective goes, but it is set as the backdrop for the entire world. Um, and I think that game does a really good job of that. I would agree with you. Um, I didn't actually play Infinite till much later i didn't play it until the collection came out oh I, I, okay yeah i played one and two um back when they first came out and mm -hmm. yeah i i love all three of them i really am hoping that bioshock 4 is real and it, it is coming uh and i mm -hmm. hope that it explores that lighthouse theory that they explore yeah. at the end of uh infinite yeah which is such a fucking <laughs> the end of that game is awesome is so yeah. good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, mm. I'm a big fan. And there's even like uh, people have like kind of combed through the game files and have found like there was like a whole. They have like these whole levels that they made that were cut from the game that show like an Arctic version of Bioshock. And they have like one that's on a spaceship. And I think it, it's an Easter egg where it's the same spaceship from the video game series system shock. So mm, right. Which there's like, which Bioshock was a spiritual successor to. Right. So there's all these, there's all these really cool things that were cut. And I'm hoping that we can kind of explore those different multiverses and whatnot, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope it's real, man. I do. Yeah. But we'll see. Well, happy anniversary. Merry Christmas to both of those things. Both very, very good and slick things that people should play and watch if they never have that's right 15 years so we're old we're getting old as fuck unfortunately yeah and i'll tell you what i'm feeling it dude are you dude the floor creaks dude. the roof leaks i was just gonna say the floor creaks the roof leaks there's a terrible draft a man even clam in your garage um yeah but just like little thing and listen we're not old old but it's I'll do things like sit, get up, twist Exist. my body, <laughs> do stuff that is like stuff that's normal. And every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, oh, and then it like hurts for days afterwards. I'm like, what the fuck did I do? It's like, oh, well, I, I accidentally twisted my fucking neck getting out of bed. And now, you know, my neck is going to be cranked for a week. Right. Right. Just not as nimble. Now, I mean, to be fair, I'm not as in good of shape as I should be either. Um, but... I mean, come on, man. You know? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I'm actually, um, I'm recovering from COVID, as you know. Right. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think, I don't think uh, our number five top ranked Nepalese people know that, though. No, they they probably don't. Yeah, I, uh, I wasn't on the live Hapticast episode last week on uh, Tuesday at uh, five o'clock or 630 usually. Mm -hmm. A little plug there. Um <laughs> I wasn't on there because I got COVID. So our friend Brandon from California, as we mentioned on the pod multiple times, uh, who we're going to be visiting, him and his girlfriend were hanging out with us on a Friday night, last Friday, and uh, she found out Saturday morning that she has COVID, and we were exposed. So unfortunately, I contracted it. Thankfully, you did not. Yeah. Uh, you were there as well. So yeah, Josh, I did not. And yeah, narrowly. Neither, neither did your uh, fiance, right? Yeah, Jess did not get sick either. I'm actually, I've been in quarantine at home, stuck in one room, and or two rooms, I should say. My bedroom and my office, and I can use the bathroom if I need to, obviously, but we're kind of just trying to keep contact between the two of us, sure. minimum. Uh, even our dogs, because uh, apparently if like your dog kisses you and licks your face, and then right. it licks her face, she can get sick. 
Right. They can't contract it, but they could carry it and pass it. Right. Right. So we're kind of just keeping me away. Mm -hmm. And uh, it sucks. I feel lonely. And it's been about a week. Tomorrow will be one week. So Mm. it sucks. I've been working. I took one day off of work on Tuesday of last week because it it was just unbearably abysmal. My head hurt. My body hurt. I had chills, fever. It's not fun. I know you ha- you had antibodies. I know you never actually had COVID, right? I I really I truthfully don't know because right. that I mean that was at the beginning of the you know the pandemic, and I had we had to get um, PCR tests and weekly testing at work, and I came back positive, or we had an antibody test to start because we had to either remain at work. Then we had a PCR test and then we had a testing every week. And that initial antibody test came back positive for antibodies mm. against COVID-19. But I never got sick or showed symptoms that I was aware of. I think I had the flu in like December, which maybe could have been it, but also um, the entire... So I used to work in higher ed, I guess, for those that don't know. And the entire basketball team, I was around them dealing with issues that I was servicing when I worked at that school Um, and they all had it. So that was my assumption was that I got it from them, but I'd never had symptoms. But ever since then I've been, I've never had a positive COVID test. Right. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know either. It's really strange how you escaped it. It's really strange how uh, Jess, my fiance didn't catch it. Uh, Yeah. Her and I were very close the mm-hmm. weekend right before. I, I mean, you and I were very close the weekend that you got it. Not as close as her and I, if you catch my drift, but yes. You no, and I were, yeah, I'm just, I know that yeah, you know. You I, yeah, well, yeah. So I'm surprised both of you never got it. And uh, I'm happy Dude, that you guys I don't didn't know. get it. Uh, maybe it means that I did have it at some point and I didn't know. Right. And she also had it a year ago. Right. So. Maybe, yeah, maybe you guys have had it. You have a boosted immunity. The thing yeah. is, I I had my vaccine, so I'm vaccinated. And right. obviously, we're, we're not able to get the, the newest round of vaccine right. boosters. Right. Uh, but this felt eerily, eerily similar to how I felt with my vaccine. So right. I actually had a really bad reaction both times I got the shot. Yeah. Well, um, to be fair, though, too, you also have a compromised immune system, correct? Uh, I would say, yeah, it's hard to explain. I basically have a history of of blood clots in my lungs and scar tissue in my lungs. So it's not necessarily like my immune system is is fucked up, but like my body, I'm like, I don't know how to explain it. Basically, COVID would fuck me up worse than a normal person. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean I would contract it easier with like a fucked up immune system. Right. So, I don't know. But yeah, the the vaccine really fucked me up. And took me out for maybe like two days. And it was just a really like painful body ache. So much so like I threw up. Like it was like it made me nauseous. It hurt so bad. Right. Right. Yeah. And it lasted a day or two. This has been interesting. COVID. Mm -hmm. It started off as just a tickle in my throat. And much like the vaccine. And I'm not anti-vaxxing. By the way, I'm just telling you my experience. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pro vaccines. Uh, I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. So with the this and with the vaccine, I almost felt the virus or the vaccine doing its job traveling up my body. So what I mean by that is I would first have a tickle, like a tickly throat. Then my nose would start running. Then my head would hurt. Then my whole like my neck would start hurt like it, it like worked its way up in terms of what was fucking hurting right mm-hmm. and then as I was getting better it would go back down and that's what happened with COVID as well hmm. so uh, the first day of COVID was just an itchy throat the next day was fever chills uh, everything except vomiting which is what happened with the vaccine so I'm I'm happy I didn't throw up because that fucking I hate throwing up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, everything since Tuesday has just been the same symptoms in reverse and over a longer period of time. I am almost a week out and I'm still suffering from a headache at this point. No more sniffles. My throat is a little itchy and a little sore. My body still aches, but uh, yeah. I'm almost out of the woods. I'm still testing positive. The roof leaks, the floor creaks. There's a terrible draft. Yeah. So my body's also falling apart, but yeah, you know, virus. 
that's unfortunate. I uh, it sucks. Hopefully you uh you start feeling even better this week and uh we'll be able to yeah. leave, leave your cave next weekend. Yeah, I'm the thing is I think I'm going back to work tomorrow. Right. Oh, into the office. Yeah, I think I'm going into the office tomorrow because although I'm still testing positive, the current CDC guidelines right. say that you can go to work as long as you don't have a, a fever. Right. And I took my temp. I don't have a fever. So right. Uh, I think I'm going back, but I'm still going to be quarantining from from Jess. <laughs> so like, it's like this weird double life thing where I'm like going to work and everything's normal, but I come home and I'm still sick. So right. Right. It's interesting. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it sucks. I don't recommend it. So I mean, now yeah. that I've had it, I guess the chances of me getting it again are, you know, a little less, which is good. Right. 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 But I definitely wasn't being as safe as I could have been because I was vaxxed. So, yeah, but I mean, what are we supposed to do at this point? Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? Yeah. It's like I'm with you. And we don't need to get in an entire conversation about that, but I think we have the same. We're doing everything we can. A, yes. Except protecting ourselves, really. Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know. Are you rub, an anti-masker? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, 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 no. I'm saying some people are, have done what they're supposed to do. Us. And some people <laughs> have not. Everyone else. And that's. That's where I'll leave it. Right. You're just frustrated. I, I just want right. to clarify. You're just frustrated that we did what we were supposed to do during the pandemic and right. quarantined and got vaccinated. And there's people out there being irresponsible. Right. There's, you know, keeping this thing around. I get it. Right. That's that's all I'm saying. Right. I'm not anti anything except for you people, know, humans. Yeah, that, that's correct. Yeah. So. Well, we don't have to keep talking about COVID. There's something else I wanted to talk to you about. What's that? We watched the finale of the rehearsal. Oh my God, we did. What? I don't want to spoil what it. What an experience. Yeah. I mean, what a concept for a show. And I don't think it went the way Nathan had originally planned mm -hmm. because of COVID. Right. Uh, and again, I don't want to spoil it because I, I want people to, if you haven't seen the rehearsal on HBO, Yes. To go check it out. It is a it is a must watch. And honestly, my suggestion would be that if you haven't seen the rehearsal and you haven't seen Nathan for you, watch Nathan for you first. Right. So that you can get acclimated to this type of I don't even want to call it comedy. Sit there's situation for you humor. is comedy, but yeah. Yeah. But this show leans into the end of Nathan for you, where it's like we're no longer just memeing. Like there is like actual serious like life exploration questions going on here. Right. And the fact that you don't know what's real, what's scripted, what's fake, what's not, what is written, what is actually Nathan just exploring this stuff as like a quote unquote character and human. And I think that the rehearsal can put people off if you're not tapped into that. Right. Which I think we've seen from the discourse at the end of the show. Do you want do you want to explain briefly like what the rehearsal is? Yeah. I mean, so the rehearsal is it essentially asks the question where it's like or the statement where it's like you can't always prepare. You can't choose what happens to you in life, but you can choose to rehearse for it. And the whole premise is that basically Nathan Fielder uh, has this business where he allows people to, or for the show, I guess, create situations that mimic things that they're going to do in real life and has them practice it and rehearse for it with actors, essentially playing all these people. So it's like, oh, you have to like ask a tough question to somebody in your life well let's let's set up a situation that it's going to be in and get actors and you can rehearse for it and try it as many times as you want <clears throat> right you know and oh. the best part about it go ahead the best part about it is they have an hbo budget so mm -hmm. they take it to the lengths of oh well you're gonna reveal this thing to your friend at this bar okay well we built a one-to-one -one scale replica right. of the bar inside this warehouse and this is where we're going to be doing all of the rehearsing and it's it's honestly so fucking impressive how accurate 
these set pieces are. Yeah. It's scary. It is. And <clears throat> the so I have I have a genuine question for you. And okay. maybe this is some of the brilliance of the actual show. I really think that a lot of the people that are on the show, they sign NDAs, all these things. Some of them are actors, some of them are not. But that they are capturing capturing their genuine reactions to stuff. Like it's like none of it is really scripted or planned except for a few things. Right. And to to me it feels very fluid, like almost like they're shooting a reality show and taking what they get from it and that's what's airing. They're not necessarily forcing situations to happen. I definitely think that the that Nathan and the producers not force things, but I think that they definitely um try to create certain moments, but they let it happen naturally. Right. Like they know what they're looking for, but it doesn't at this point, like I don't even think it matters because in his past and even in the rehearsal, I think there are so many things that he's captured naturally that are just so fucking insane that if you have to force something just to make the narrative flow a little better, like mm-hmm. okay. But there's certain things you, that he literally could not have planned for. Like, for, uh, instead of spoiling the rehearsal, let's let's go to Nathan for you, his former show, right? His his previous show. So there's a moment where a man literally reveals that he drinks his grandson's urine, right? And Nathan literally breaks character for like the one and only time you ever see him break character and starts laughing, right? I mean, you can't predict that, and you right. can't plan that or plant that, right? So I think he just gets some bizarre people. I mean, and part of that is he's getting them off of Craigslist. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. just goes to like, it just adds to it really. But yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think I definitely do think some things are forced and I think that's okay. And we've heard that from people that have broken their NDAs. Um, right. I've seen a lot of people come out of the woodwork from Nathan for you or the rehearsal and they've kind of spoiled a couple things. And, and some of it is like, yeah, he kind of made us say that or made us do that. Like apparently uh, in the rehearsal, there's a character we see smoke marijuana and apparently Nathan like urged him to do that right. on camera. So but that yeah. just goes to show you he's a genius because right. he knows what he he needs, you know. Right. And you know the whole the whole I guess premise or like goes to show you how brilliant it really is. The fact that I'm even asking you that question, the fact right. that you don't actually know what's real or not, which becomes like almost like a meta narrative in the rehearsal where it's like Okay, is he he's really just trying to have a human interaction with a child. Like he's really just trying to find those human connections and at every turn he fails. And the whole point of doing the quote unquote fake rehearsal stuff, it's like, why the fuck am I doing this? Right. Like not everything is gonna be in its perfect spot. And yeah, one of the, the quote from the last episode of the rehearsal, which is awesome, like everything is so out of place yet exactly where it needs to be. Right. Like that shit is fucking brilliant. It's it just is. And I agree. If, if you haven't watched these shows, you're doing yourself a disservice as a human being. I think another thing is like the show starts off and you think it's going to be an episodic thing where every right. episode is a different person's rehearsal, right. which alone is a great concept of a show. Right. But it, it gets turned on its head when I think number one, the pandemic happened and they couldn't really do as much as they wanted to. And I think also there was this moment of like Eureka where Nathan discovered like, oh, this 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 whole rehearsal with Angela. Right. Which, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but this rehearsal with this woman named Angela, like we can make something happen here. Right. And when she eventually departs, it becomes more about Nathan. Uh, And I think that that's just. I mean, that finale wouldn't have happened if if none of that, literally none, none of that ending would have happened right. without everything falling into place exactly how it did. So I definitely think they adapted. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, which makes it which makes it even better because sometimes, I mean, who knows what it could have been originally, but sometimes if you just allow things to happen, you know, I think I would assume much like almost filming like a reality show. If you allow, like you create an environment for things to happen and you kind of feed into and tap into the stuff where it's like, oh, well, that was unexpected and this really sucks, but let's lean into it. Let's see where it goes. And you keep following that, you know, you'll find something great 
and I think he did. Right. <laughs> um, and I'm glad that there's going to be a second season. Um, and I also, I want to say, everybody, all the naysayers out there about the show, I think some of you need to shut the fuck up. Yes. I really, I truly do. And I think you need to go away, and I think you need to rewatch the show, because if you, some of the commentary I've seen around the show means that you didn't really get it. Right. And I know that sounds conceited of me to say, but I think that's the truth. I think in this case, you're right. And that's okay. I mean, sometimes things take a couple of things, but your knee-jerk gut reaction in a negative way that I've seen some people means that I don't think you really grasped the whole concept. I think this this show specifically, the rehearsal, it, it captured a whole new set of eyes that never saw Nathan for you. Right. Uh, and also it had a lot of buzz because people were such big fans of Nathan for you that now it's on HBO. People are sucking off Nathan and, and really kind of putting eyes on it. I think it has a whole different audience or a subset of an audience right. that for lack of a better term are normies. And yeah, they think it's just a regular show, which <laughs> clearly it wasn't. Yeah. So they had this perceived, you know, flow of how the show should go and, and this arc and these fan theories and stuff. And, Literally, dude, it's and I'm not I don't want to sound conceited and and abysmal, but it was we were literally watching a work of art. Like we were watching this man make this weird art project. Yeah. And people are like, well, it didn't go the way I wanted. Well, I'm well, sorry, but that doesn't matter. That's <laughs> it's his project. It's, it's his rehearsal. Like. That's a, a great point. It's like your people came in thinking that they were gonna you know get like a picasso painting because it's a fucking hbo show and everything's supposed to be neat and tidy but nathan was fucking finger painting <laughs> instead right. and right. you know you got what you got and you can either enjoy the ride and the destination or you could not and that's fine right and we were along for the ride regardless because we right. appreciate again the artist right 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 uh, and you know what i'm not a fucking shame to say it he is an artist because his brand of comedy is really unique and the way he writes his shows uh, is incredible, and just he has a knack for what he does. Yeah, he's really good at it. Nobody, <laughs> nobody is doing what he is doing. Right. I mean, Finding Francis, Nathan, for you, Finding Francis is one of the best things I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, uh, and it toes the line between comedy and drama, and it's like a mystery. Like it's just, if you haven't seen that, I mean, fucking go watch that. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but there's yeah. there's a few people out there that are leaning into very new territories with comedy. Um, some through traditional roots that are kind of upending it, and some that are not. So, I mean, Nathan is one, for example. I think Tim Robinson and I think you should leave is another example where it's like, yeah, he is doing stuff with sketch comedy that just hasn't been done before. Um and is using a common medium and kind of flipping it on its head. I also think Joe Pera talks with you is another example. I also think, um, <clears throat> what's it called? How to with John Wilson, how to with John Wilson, which is a Nathan is a, project, which right, which is another example. <clears throat> so there are these artists out there that are getting into very unique, new brands and takes on comedy. Um, and that's slick. Yeah. It just depends on what you what you consider to be entertaining and what's your jam. You know, if it's not your jam, then whatever. That's you don't fine. have to, like, criticize it and say, like, oh, well, I would have done this. I would have done that. It's like, OK, yeah, dude, but that's fine. You know, I I was disappointed when the rehearsal wasn't like Nathan for you, but or when it was and then it wasn't right. You know what I mean, the first episode was very Nathan for you esque, and then it gets turned on its head. But I wasn't like, oh, I don't like this anymore. I stayed on for the ride and and. And it you were rewarded me. for it. Right. And if you don't want to be part of that, that's fine. Then go watch Saturday Night Live, which hasn't been funny in about 80 years. So, you know. Right. If you want comedy that's predictable and force-fed to you, then go elsewhere. Right. <clears throat> because right. the rehearsal ain't it. Uh, we're done talking about the rehearsal, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. What else? Anything else that's on your mind, dude? <clears throat> What, things to talk about? Yeah. I always have something to talk about. Um, I saw something really funny on Twitter the other day, and I shared it with you. Uh, what was that? Give them a quick shout-out. The Portland Pickles. Oh. Oh, yeah, dude. 
<laughs> so there's a, a baseball team called the Portland Pickles. They are an independent collegiate summer league team. So they're not like MLB, like they're not an official uh, sports team, like Major League Baseball. But they're fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> dude, their fucking mascot's name is honestly the most incredible thing I've heard in my entire life. His name is fucking Dylan, dude, and he's dude, a pickle. Dylan of the Portland Pickles. Dill Pickle. <clears throat> dude, that's awesome. And, uh, well, they did a they did a, a mascot takeover on their Twitter, and... Yeah, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> he, he, he posted a picture of what appeared to be his penis. <laughs> hell yeah, dude. And, and immediately the takeover was over. Dude, but... Shit. I gotta go to Twitter, though. I need to... We need to read oh, the fucking... Just the three-tweet thread, dude, because honestly, it's incredible. Hang on a second. Yeah. Where is it? Let me pull it up here. Here it is. All right. So, oh, wait. No, that's about somebody getting an autograph. Oh, here it is. So, uh, it's fucking three tweets. The official Portland Pickles account tweets out, Mascot Twitter Takeover. Our mascot, Dylan, will be taking over our Twitter account now. Our next tweet will be him. Feel free to ask any <laughs> que any questions or just show your support. Right? The next tweet... <laughs> This is just the words, new phone, who dis, and it's literally a picture, low angle shot of Dylan, right? You can't see his head, but what you do see is basically his little pickle penis, dude. His and little furry little mascot dude, penis, dude. Dude, what, what makes it even better is he fucking, he tags Manscaped, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tagged a couple, a couple of suggestive Twitter accounts. He did. But then the next tweet, honestly, just the icing on the cake, they quote tweet it too, which is awesome. <laughs> and they say, we have ended our mascot takeover. <laughs> it's come to our attention that this photo can be misinterpreted as a disturbing image. Dylan would like to go on record and say that he was trying to <laughs> give his fans a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Which clearly he was not, dude. And this, I mean, all these tweets are in the the ma a matter of minutes of each other, dude. And that is awesome. Shout out to Dylan. I'm pretty sure. So here's my theory, dude: is that <clears throat> whoever runs the Twitter account also dresses up as the mascot. Oh, tweeted this out, did that, right? And then quote tweeted. I mean, they literally quote tweet it. They don't take it down. It's still uh, up. And it's still up, and they quote tweet it, and it got—I mean, it, it got more traction for their organization than anything in the history of their Twitter account. Right, and that's the thing, though, is like because they're not an MLB <clears throat> team, they can get away with that, and it's oh, good absolutely. marketing. Absolutely, absolutely. I went on their Twitter and it, or yeah, their Twitter account, and honestly, dude, it looks like a lot of fun going to one of their games because it's not like official like bullshit sponsor bullshit like right they just look like they have fucking fun yeah so they actually remind me of this baseball team i follow on tiktok um okay. called i forget something something bananas and they like they wear like yellow jerseys and like they basically like to throw the other teams off like they'll play music when the pitcher is about to throw and they'll all do like a little dance and then like the pitcher will throw the ball like mm. just like weird like fun stuff like that almost almost like the baseball version of um the uh harlem globetrotters right where it's ah. more of like a show um now in this case they're playing actual other baseball teams but it's more like a show rather than about the actual sport right which it seems like the Portland Pickles are similar. Yeah, yeah, man. I would love to go to a Portland Pickle game. Yeah, I mean, their their description is, we play baseball from June to August and make memes the rest of the time. I mean, dude, if you don't want to go watch a Portland Pickle game, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, shout out to them. Shout out to Dylan. Big fans of Dylan the, the Pickle. Mm -hmm. Dude, so. you know how they're good? How so? They just tweeted out an hour ago, we should start selling dino nuggies at our games. First of all, yes. Second <laughs> of all, they called them nuggies, which just means that they're good, dude. Yeah, they got the finger on the pulse, dude. They know what they're doing. They do. I, I like them. Um, they also retweet Jimmy John's a lot. And they're also pretty good on Twitter, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, Jimmy John's is. They uh, Portland Pickles retweeted uh, a couple days ago, uh, two days ago. Jimmy John's said, like if you like girthy pickles, and it's just a Jimmy John's pickle wrapped in something, and uh, Portland Pickles retweeted it. Wow. So uh, that's what that's what you're getting into here. Shout out to uh, Jimmy John's. Yeah. Jimmy John's and the Portland Pickles. Jimmy John's a sponsor of uh, Brock Lesnar, actually. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, I'm out on Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's sucks. He wore Sorry. their logo on his trunks. I have to tell you, Brett, I fucking hate Brock Lesnar. I really do. I I, 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 I truthfully, I, I do not like him at all. I really yeah, I'm not don't. A big, not a big fan of Brock Lesnar's either. I, I, don't, I don't like him at all. A lot of my problem is with how he was booked in WWE. Um, mm-hmm. never a big fan of that. Well, just but... getting everything, getting all the huge spots and <clears throat> never really doing anything to work towards it, to uh, yeah. deserve it. Yeah. And just holding everything up for years and years and years while my favorite guys just got fucked. Right. Yeah. That I, that I'm not a fan of. Um, I do appreciate like the, and I, you don't really, I don't think you really saw much of this, but in more recent years, Josh, he kind of embraced the meme and has been like a funnier chiller, like, I don't know, not comedy character because he definitely is still portrayed the same, but he's definitely like chilled out a little bit. Um, he started dressing like a farmer. I don't know. Yeah, here's here's what it all goes back to, dude. I knew Brock Lesnar was a piece of shit, right? Personally or in the ring or what do Both. you? Both. So you think he's a bad human being? I do. I think he's a piece of shit. I really do. I truthfully do. And nothing tells me that more than when he fucking just stiff-armed Randy Orton's head over uh, yeah. and over and over and over again. And Randy Orton's literally like there like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And he just keeps going and going. And, um, you know? Now, I think that was... I think you're getting worked because I think that was... Well, I'm going to work a fucking... But it's very dangerous. Yeah, well, I'm going to work my, you know, my foot up his ass is all I'm telling you. Yeah, I think I think that uh, that was like a Vince McMahon call. Randy said he was cool with it, but yeah, he literally elbowed Randy Orton in the face until he bled and uh, broke literally a giant gash into well, Randy's head. I don't like him. That's I don't like I, Randy Orton either. To be fair, I don't like Randy Orton either. I just person. I just have to tell you, I just I don't like him. I don't like WWE. I think it's a garbage fucking promotion. I think Vic, Vince McMahon is a freaking garbage human. Well, he's out. So I know he's out, but I still think WWE is bad. And how they, how they treat talent and uh, it's been changing the last couple just, of weeks. I, I know you're just, not really you're not really up to date. With what's well, they going have on. to or they're going to be irrelevant because AEW right. is going to dominate. So, right, right. Now the Triple H is in charge. They've really changed how things are. And I'm not sucking them off. I don't watch their product still. No, but, but Triple H, I mean, the whole thing was that NXT and Triple H were the best parts about it. And he got shafted while Vince was there towards the end. Right. Because he had a heart attack. Right. Triple H had a heart attack. He was out and Vince literally took NXT and changed it and got rid of all of his guys. And right. A lot of the guys that got let go back then, uh, Triple H has brought back not in NXT on the main roster. Right. So good for them for uh, coming back. Yeah. One of them being uh, Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai. Yeah. Dakota Kai is back. She's yeah. a big uh, member of this new faction with Bailey. Yeah. She's honestly, she's slick, dude. So is Bailey. But I like Dakota Kai a lot. Yeah, Dakota Kai's good. She's, she's a, a she's a huge streamer and gamer too. She's a big get for WWE. I'm surprised AEW didn't ask to sign her, but you know what? She has a history of injuries, mm-hmm. so it makes sense that you know they'd be a little, yeah. a little nervous. Although they could they could use a lot lot more support for their women's division. I mean, it's yeah, it's marginally better, but it's still not. It's just AEW's not. women's division has a real big problem with building stars right now, and part of that was. I think Kenny Omega was their coach, and I'm not saying Kenny Omega can't coach, but women's wrestling, not exactly the same as men's wrestling, and also Kenny has been out with injuries and and surgeries and stuff. Right. They did just hire someone new, a well-respected women wrestler, to be the new head coach of female, so hopefully something changes there. I I don't know if it will, but uh, this has been your wrestling hour on Half the Cast Unscripted. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, last week we talked about wrestling a lot, too. Yeah, I would love to do a uh, wrestling spinoff podcast eventually one day, but I'm yeah. also just so fucking sick of 
wrestling on like the internet wrestling community just really mm-hmm. fucking pisses me off, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say I'd be able to help you with that. I mean, I guess I could because you would get the normie knee jerk reaction of either that's awesome, dude, or I don't know, man. Yeah. That's all I could provide you. Yeah, I got downvoted to Oblivion last night with something on Reddit. And I'm, yeah, you were telling me about this. Yeah, and I'm right too. That's the worst part. Like, 24 hours later, and now the whole internet wrestling community is on my side. But last night they weren't. Like, it's just, I'm sick of it, dude. Yeah, Reddit's pretty bad, dude. I got to be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm real done. Yeah, I don't want to be around I'm, anymore. I'm, <laughs> I don't want to fucking be here anymore. <clears throat> I, uh, I'm real done. With a lot of uh, communities on, on Reddit. And one that we keep talking about is the Steam Deck subreddit, which is is just a fucking cesspool. It it really is, dude. It's it's full of the same posts 80 different times. My package got stolen. I'm waiting for my package. I got my package. How the fuck do I plug a USB-C port into this? My screen has a nick on it. Like, yo, bro, have you ever fucking heard of Google? That's one of my least favorite things. It's like, how do I put my SD card in? It won't fit. Yo, why don't you take two seconds, literally less time it'll take you to make this post, and fucking Google it instead, brother. How about that? Yeah. How about you do that instead? And so, how about you take all of your same posts and put them in the fucking mega threads that exist for them? How about that? I'm on I'm on there right now. So I'm going to read the first couple of posts on the, on the Steam Deck subreddit. Mm-hmm. Number one is obviously the pin thread order... Order email mega thread. Right, which people don't post post their order email mega thread stuff in there. Yep. What are you playing on your deck, mega thread? Um, did you know you can set up an an NAS as a Steam folder to install games remotely? So that's interesting actually. That's a good post. So this is basically keeping all your games in like a in a cloud. Mm-hmm. And then you could make that a server, kind of like we do with Plex. Right. And then you My can God, install this person games. Person has 7.3 terabytes. Oh, you see that? Yeah. Sorry, I'm following along with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Call of Duty Modern, Modern Warfare Remastered out of town on his deck. I also hate the post, and there might we might see that in a second. But someone was like playing a fucking keyboard and mouse game while he was camping, mm-hmm. and he had his deck, a keyboard, and a mouse. And I was like, bro. Are you really? Let's get real. Are you really playing that? Come on. While you're camping, you're in a fucking tent and you got a Steam Deck and a, a mouse and a keyboard, bro. Mm-hmm. Come on. And, and and here's my other thing, man. You know, there's this post here. Roller Drome is perfect. It's a perfect Steam Deck game. Yo, nobody fucking cares, dude. What is this? This I is see that. What is this? What is this? And the other day, the one that like really sent me, dude like really sent me and you know i guess shame on me for allowing any of this to really matter because in the grand scheme of things it doesn't fucking matter but like somebody the other day was like so confused as to why or somebody made a post about playing their steam deck in the bathroom right and how it was so great that you can sit and take like a shit and play your steam deck and somebody responded to it like I don't understand why you want to play a handheld game in the bathroom and blah, blah, blah. And every comment was like that. And I'm like, what fucking world are we living in? First of all, it makes perfect sense to fucking play in the bathroom. Of course. Why would you not? Right, why, I do. Why, why would you not? If you're sitting down and take a crap, it's like reading a book. It's like opening up your phone. Why not? Yeah. Okay? Second of all, if you're confused as to why somebody would do that, I think you have issues inside of your brain that need to be addressed. I really do. And second of all, or third of all, the fact that any of you are posting anything about that at all means that you have problems. And that's it. Yeah. And I'm fucking tired of it. I'm sick of it. I really am. What I'm sick of is the fear mongering of. Oh, that too, dude. My package got stolen. My Steam Deck is, it was stolen off my porch by FedEx. And then Mm -hmm. everyone's freaking out that, oh, my deck's supposed to come tomorrow. Hope it doesn't get stolen. And it's like, dude, that the, the likelihood of that shit happening is so fucking slim. And like then, oh my my unit came defective. It's like, all right, bro, put a fucking RMA in with Steam, right? Valve, dude. And that fucking day, dude. Those those things get me. There was one the other day. You and I were actually talking about it, where somebody posted. I mean, like a fucking book of their experience with chasing down the FedEx driver. Yeah, and like all that stuff. It's like, hey, bro, nobody fucking cares. Also, put it in the mega thread for the order right. stuff. There's a mega thread. And second of all, yeah, like 
the fear mongering, the amount of people who are like, Ooh, I don't know, like blah, 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 go away. I really want you to go away. I do. So what I, that the, I found the post with the guy camping, went camping last weekend and got to experience the great outdoors. And he has it tagged as meme slash ship, uh, ship post. So like, it's a joke, but he literally has the steam deck on a dock or something. It's like sitting up. He has a keyboard, a mouse. Yeah. And he's like on steam. He's on the desktop mode. I was going to say, he's, I have it up now. He's on the desktop. Why would you need to do this at this point? I know it's for the meme, but like, why would you do that in general? Why would you bring all of that with you? Right. So, the the reason I thought the Steam Deck subreddit, which I feel like every other subreddit is like it, you know what I mean, where it's like posting maybe helpful information for people, right? Yeah. Posting community sharing stuff about issues that we might be having that are new, that there's no other information out there for. It's not Google. It's not a, ooh, I want to go get free internet points place. It's not a, ooh, let me share about me fucking having brain cancer and going to the hospital and I had to wait for my Steam Deck to get fucking surgery. Like, that was an actual post the other day. Like, it's not for that, dude. It right. really isn't. And if you have stuff about any of those things, go to the mega thread. And if you don't, then don't fucking post. Then don't do it. Just don't. And I feel, like the, I feel like the mods don't know what the fuck is going on. I feel like the mods are probably part of the problem. I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I'm sick of it. And I know we're getting worked up. And again, it doesn't really matter. It's a stupid fucking Reddit community. But like, I don't know, man. I just don't like it. And it bothers me. Show me where on the doll did the Steam Deck subreddit touch us, dude? Dude, literally everywhere. So. Well, that's it. <laughs> I want to let everyone know that uh, Have to Cast Unscripted is sponsored by Dubby Energy. If you find it hard to work or study, you can use code SLICK to save 10% on Dubby today. Uh, Dubby is a powder you put in your water. I don't have the ad read in front of me, so I'm just going to wing it here. It's a powder you put in water, and it tastes really good when you shake it up and you drink it. Uh, you know, Typical energy drinks can cost you like $3 a can, but if you just make one cup of Dubby, it's a dollar. So truthfully, it's a great deal. It tastes great. We love the product. It gives you natural energy. Uh, I can attest to the fact that most of the time, I'm a sleepy boy at night. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock rolls by. I'm, I'm ready to go to bed. And that's something new for me as I've gotten older. So what I do is I take a little bit of Dubby. You're supposed to do one scoop. I do two. I like to keep it nice and, and flavorful. I shake that cup up. I take a little swig. And guess what? I'm awake for a couple extra hours. I get to go to that midnight screening of a movie. You know, I get to hang out with my friends just a little bit longer. And again... I also save 10% by using code SLICK, which is Haptic Intel's Haptic Cast's special discount code. So, again, if you find it hard to work or study, use code SLICK and save 10% today on Dubby. It's not just your first order. All orders save 10%. That's right. That's all I got for you for the ad read. Dubby.gg. That was good. That was good. Just winging it off the top of your head. Good job. That's what I do. Just wing stuff off the top of your head top of my multiple heads yeah i was gonna say is that strictly above the belt or uh it is not so it's good yeah very good how right. much time we have left do we have enough time to talk about anything else yeah we have we have time for one more one more thing okay how about our good friend james white oh my god <laughs> for those of you that don't know Hell yeah. There is a man named James White. I would, a, I would use the term man loosely. He's a little... He's a fucking human. He's a nematode. How about that? He's a little Chinese human from China. <laughs> yep. And he is one of the best Twitter follows you could possibly make right now on the platform. Absolutely. So he started off on Vine, I believe. And I was a big fan of James White on Vine. His thing was... Very cool, very swag. I like it. That was his catchphrase. And he would just do things. He's very, like, Americanized. Like, he's very influenced by American culture. So he would do something, um, and he would speak in English, and he would say, very cool, very swag. I like it. And that was his thing, right? But over the years, he's, you know, changed platforms and evolved, and things have things have changed. Now he he's all about certainly fate. evolved. <laughs> Everything is fate. Um, I mean, I've literally seen this man go from jobless and single to married uh, 
you know, it was an arranged marriage, but still he is now married and uh, apparently has a kid on the way and still trying to find a job. He also has a gaming addiction. Dude, he does. Dude, today there was a good one I saw. So, yeah, the best part is his interactions with his fans uh, on Twitter. What did you uh, see uh, today? So a lot of times people will gift him games on Steam. Right. Um, and sometimes they're like legitimate. Sometimes they're f- funny. And uh, <laughs> today he tweeted out, uh, please don't gift me adult game. I'm a good guy. I don't play adult game. And uh, the game that somebody gifted him <laughs> was uh, something called Furry Feet. Oh, it's like an adult game? It is, and it says, <laughs> it's, it says, Dear James, to celebrate your new job and fatherhood, I gift you, and then it gets it gets cut off, and then it says, thought you might like it, very cool, very swag. Um, and then something about neglecting the sun as a reward, um, and, <laughs> <laughs> which is, he always says something, and then as a reward, like, he was like, I'm going to eat this ice cube as a reward. He, like, makes excuses as to why he's able to do things, basically. Right, and then what really sent me, dude, I mean, first of all, he accompanies it with an image of himself, which looks really good of him being like, ah, I can't accept this. Um, but also, he has his cursor on decline gift, dude. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> which, I saw this one. Which really fucking sent me the attention yeah. to detail. Like, either, like, this man is, like, legitimately just, like, treading water through life, or he is ascended and he's become so meta with what he is doing that it's brilliant. Dude, that's what's funny is some people think he's a troll. I, I, dude, I don't think he's a troll. Dude, it feels way too genuine to be a troll. Yeah, I feel like he's, unfortunately, he's very dumb. I think that's <laughs> just what it is. Yeah, he's awesome, dude. I would get him on the pod. I would love to talk to him. He actually uh, did a birthday shout out for me. You paid. Oh, on that's cameo. right. I got a cameo for you. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, it was, awesome. was really good. He did a he, let me tell you what he he did a great job. He really followed instructions and it wasn't like short either. Like it, he like really like went. Oh, went yeah. He it. goes above and beyond. Yeah, he, he really does a Gangnam style, dude. He didn't he sing happy birthday to me and then did the Gangnam style. Dude, he did. <laughs> he did. And of course, <laughs> which he, is just like an outdated meme, too. <laughs> yeah. And then which I, I didn't tell him. I told him to do a little dance. I told him to do a little dance, but I didn't tell him. Um. Somebody what? Hmm? Sorry, finish that. And then I have one more thing to wrap up on something that I saw. Oh, nothing. I just wanted to say uh, if you don't follow him, James Cage White, James White on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a fantastic follow. He uh, at this point, it gets a little um, sad sometimes. He also says some things that are, you know. He said something about like if his son was gay, he would. Yeah, beat him or something. Yeah, He's and pretty problematic, too. He's problematic, but it's funny and. He's funny, and his like interactions with his fans are very, very good. So I recommend checking him out. Yeah, for sure. What do you got? Last little thing, and then we'll wrap up. So as we keep mentioning, we're number one gaming podcast in Nepal. I thought I said number five. I forgot we're number one gaming podcast in Nepal. Oh, yeah, one. Also number 15 in the United Arab Emirates. Right. Somebody responded seven hours ago to our tweet from August 13th about our standings. And this person is Jose Luis Espinoza Soto on Twitter. Uh, this looks kind of like a throwaway account, maybe. And then just their comment is Porque, but it's Porque spelled P-O-R-K-E, like Porky, rather than Porque. Interesting. Don't know what that means, but um, that's all we have okay. for you for this episode of Have to Cast Unscripted. I wonder if we can check... Um where we are right now let me see you're looking we have up a, our current rankings current standings. yeah our our boy carlos usually sends it over our boy carlos yeah like the carlos no 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 like our friend carlos oh okay so basically i've been getting all of this from pod status right um, but they are a subscription-based thing. And for more information, I have to pay. So. Okay. Well, we don't want to do that. No. Well, Carlos, I'm waiting for your email. Thanks. All right. All right. 
Well, no status update. So let's just call us number one everywhere. How about that? That's right. Um, all right. What else do we have for the people, Brent, before we wrap up? We're almost at 600 subscribers on YouTube. That's our main platform. So please head over to youtube.com slash Intel. Make sure you drop a subscribe. I also did a couple of new things on our website. So if you want to check that out, haptikintel.com. Nothing too crazy. I just reworked some some stuff on there. Um, and we do have merch available, haptikintel.com slash merch. Check that out. Yeah. Um, hell yeah. New t-shirt dropping later this uh, yeah. well, beginning of next month. Beginning of next. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. 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 All right. Well, I'm going to go die of COVID and eat my lunch. So lunch. It's dinner time. Dinner. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, follow, share with your friends. We love you all. Appreciate you. Goodbye.